0: Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. There are philosophical wars raging over the food you eat and how it gets to your table. Is eating local really better for you? And is organic food better if it has to be shipped across the country to get to you? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with an expert. Taryn? Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest
1: today says we're missing the big picture focusing on local food. James E. McWilliams is Associate Professor of History at Texas State University at San Marcos and is author of Just Food, Where Locavores Get It Wrong and How We Can Truly Eat Responsibly. Welcome to InfoTrack, Dr. McWilliams. Thank you. The concept of eating locally grown food has become dogma in many circles and kind of become intertwined with the organic food movement in a lot of people's heads. I know you have issues with each of these concepts and perhaps we can start by differentiating between the two and talking a little bit about misperceptions with each.
0: On the one hand, I have a tremendous amount of admiration and support for the local war movement. I'm a big believer in supporting local farmers and farmers markets and where it makes sense to support local food production. I think it's a movement with tremendous benefits. And the same holds true with organic production. I think organic production has many advantages, and we're doing a very good job, I think, of realizing those advantages. At the same time, with both of these movements, you use the word dogma. That's what I'm really cautioning against, because my fear is that if we become dogmatic about these particular ways to think about food and do not leave room in our perspective for other options that don't really fit into the locavore approach or the organic approach, we could be missing some very real ways of improving the nature of our food system. And I think that's one thing that whether you're a locavore or an organic advocate or a believer in the responsible application of genetically modified technology, I think we all agree that the industrial food system is deeply flawed and needs to be fixed. So I share that sentiment. And in being critical of these movements, I'm in no way dismissing them. I'm simply saying, you know, these are steps in the right direction. And I think there need to be a lot of other steps taken.
1: I can't see this as a series of battles between opposing things, agribusiness versus sustainable farming and organic farming versus GMOs, but it's really a continuum of things you can do.
0: Yeah, the polarization of these issues can really be harmful, I think, for the long term. you know, If we're going to create a food system that's able to feed close to 10 billion people using fewer resources, if we're going to create a green approach to global food production, we really can't afford to think in these black and white terms, mainly because in the gray area, in between, you know, organic production and conventional production, there is so much room for realistic improvement and achievable improvement. And that's what really excites me as I think about these issues is, you know, I've tried very hard to kind of dissolve these dichotomies. Instead of getting hung up on the question of which is better, conventional or organic, I dismiss that question altogether and I say, hey, what can organic bring to the table? What can conventional bring to the table? And how can we combine these techniques and methods in a way that lead us into the 21st century with a responsible system of food production? And I think it's not just with food. I think in almost any category of life, if you're going to stick to the extremes, you're going to miss a lot of potential common ground.
1: The concept of eating local also might not work very well in climates that don't offer your own agriculture or climates where water availability is an issue.
0: I think most locavores are willing to recognize these limits. And I just felt like in my book, I really wanted to make them clear that that the locavore movement certainly is going to work in some parts of the world better than others or in some parts of the country better than others and you know the water issue is a critical issue it's worth asking how much sense it makes to sort of radically localize the food supply if you have to rely on pumping water from aquifers to grow that food locally or if you have to rely on extensive irrigation systems to provide that food locally now of course there are parts of the country that don't have that problem and I think they do a much better job of sustainably transitioning to local agriculture. I just don't want it to happen at the exclusion of importing responsibly produce food from other parts of the world. And you know, I think we have to be willing to allow the two trends to coexist, both you know moving towards the local when it makes sense to move towards the local but also importing from places that happen to be producing food responsibly with minimal inputs and supporting systems that are clean but happen to be far away.
1: It isn't so much between eating local and organics. The big question is just the demographics of the Earth.
0: Well, you're right, and I think the global issue is so pressing, and it's summarized as this. We are going to be close to 10 billion people by 2050, and we are essentially out of arable land. The low-hanging resource fruit has been picked, and therefore we face this real conundrum, and that's globally. How are we going to produce food to feed the world? using fewer resources and how are we going to do it on less land and when I think about that question and I look at the decentralization of the food supply and I look at these local movements I go good but not enough we're going to have to do more than that for example this is where I really bring in my discussion of meat. It is a separate issue from the local issue, our dietary reliance on meat, but it is critical. And the only way we're going to achieve any kind of sustainable goals is if we see a radical reduction in meat consumption and global meat consumption. There is simply no way around that point, reducing meat consumption, if not giving it up altogether, it would be a dramatic contribution to reducing your carbon footprint and Frankly, it's a lot more effective than if you bought all of your food locally. In fact, one study showed that if the average meat eater gave up meat just once a week, that would be the equivalent of buying all of your food locally. So, you know, I think that puts things in perspective.
1: Talk a bit about the concept of food miles and how that plays into the eating local movement and why that isn't quite right.
0: Well, food miles has become, I think, a very popular term because it reflects the distance that our food has traveled to go from farm to plate. I think this is certainly something that we as ethical consumers should be aware of. It's important to know you know, where our food was grown and where it was shipped in from. And this is what has happened. And we have to be careful about using food miles or the distance that our food has traveled as a replacement or as a kind of proxy For environmentally efficient food just because food has been imported does not necessarily mean that it is bad for your carbon footprint and the reason for this is if you actually look at the full picture of how food is produced what becomes immediately clear is that the energy sink I mean the place where the energy is really needed is in the production phase. And so, therefore, what we should really be focusing on, first and foremost, is how was our food produced? What kind of energy inputs were required to grow that food? And that is a far more relevant question than how far our food traveled. Most life cycle assessments of food that look at the overall energy input into our food supply show that transportation is a minor cost, it's about 10 to 11% of the energy that is used in the production of our food. So what this means is, just to give you a concrete example, if you are buying hothouse grown tomatoes in winter that are grown down the road, you are actually making an energy efficient decision compared to buying tomatoes imported from the other side of the world grown under the sun without that hothouse, because the energy required to run that hothouse is so very extensive. If you're buying a locally harvested fish that is harvested with a beam trawl, which is a really energy inefficient way to catch fish, even though that's local, it's a worse decision than if you bought food shipped from the other side of the world that was caught with a line or a small net. So it's really the production phase that matters. And I think that point is lost if you just look at the miles food travels and use that as an indication of the eco-correctness of your food.
1: We're talking with Dr. James E. McWilliams. He's Associate Professor of History at Texas State University and author of Just Food, Where Locavores Get It Wrong and How We Can Truly Eat Responsibly. I want to thank you so much for your time today on InfoTrack.
0: Well, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack.
0: You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you
1: should know.